right. Let's see if it's actually doing something. Is it doing something? I think it's doing something. All right. Um, so good morning, everyone. I was this morning uh, listening to, that's a little weird right there, isn't it? Yeah, that's like that. Let's try playing that and see if that works. But there we go. Um, I was this morning listening to two of my favorite new friends, um, Josh and Chuck, for the Stuff You Should Know podcasters. Um, I really have enjoyed listening to them over the last year or so. And um, so this, I'm giving you this one for free. This has nothing to do with what I wanted to talk about today. But they were talking about blue laws. Um, and I would say one of them is, was definitely raised in the church, and I don't know where he's at. The other one, I would say, is likely an atheist. So these are not necessarily Christians. Um, but they seem to be fairly level-headed people, and um, if that can be believed. And they... Uh, we're talking about the Sabbath day being on different days of the week. And it was just kind of funny because they said, well, one thing that people don't realize that in um, the somewhere between the second and the fifth century was when Christians decided to change the Sabbath intentionally from Saturday to Sunday. And I always kind of wondered how we ended up having these Sabbath Sabbath esque rules on Sunday, like do not work on Sunday, you know, do not drink alcohol on Sunday, these types of things. Like, how did that ever get moved from Saturday to Sunday? But apparently it was, you know, again, again, maybe they got their data wrong, but they were saying that it was an intentional thing that happened around 200 AD to 500 AD. Um, but the thing that they said was really interesting, and this is just one of those things when I heard it, just maybe be like, why have I never asked this question before? They said that they believe that part of the reason was that Sunday was designated Sunday because it was worship to the sun god. That's the history going back of Sunday. And they kind of wanted to steal that away and take Sunday and make it intentionally a day for God. And I just thought, I have never ever thought of why in the world was Sunday called Sunday. But then when you think about historically, even biblically to that, one of the first things that happened in the creation story was the pointing out that God created the sun to drive home the point that your sun God is not as important as God God is, big G God. So anyways, you guys ever thought about Sunday being Sunday because it was the day to worship the sun? Anyways, they said it like it was common knowledge, not to me. So that's free for you. All right. Um, so this morning I want to talk about... Um, Spiritual disciplines. This is uh, this is not anything to do with our lectionary. This is just something that's on my mind, and it was something that really hit me uh, hard the other day when I was listening to a podcast by Megan Good. So, anybody ever heard of Megan Good? I've never uh, heard of her, um, but the Mars Hill, not Mars Hill, the Woodland Hills Church. Um, uh, I suspect it was Greg Boyd specifically, but somebody there had heard about Megan Good, and she is a pastor in Phoenix, um, and the, the church that she's a part of in Phoenix and Woodland Hills had a joint uh, conference thing they were doing, so she was actually visiting their church, and so they had her teach, and um, 
And it was really, really impressive. It was a whole, just a, a very brief discussion um, on the spiritual disciplines. And so, so what I'm doing today is nothing more than completely ripping off her sermon. So, so, I mean, I literally went through her sermon point by point and have written some things down for us to talk about. And so I'm looking at the time, and I know the kids have already been sitting here a long time playing, so we will try to go as quickly as possible through this. Um, so one thing that she started off, and I didn't even set my slides up so that they pop up nicely or anything. I, I literally threw this together really quickly. Um, but she talks about Jesus praying and kind of how crazy that is. So, so the question there on the top is, did Jesus pray? I think most of you probably have some recollection of Jesus praying. Um, and have any of you ever thought about how weird that is? Like, Jesus is God, so he's praying to God? Because sometimes we talk about praying to Jesus, or praying through Jesus, sometimes we'll say, things like that. So here we've got Jesus praying, but praying to who? Well, I guess praying to God, but he kind of is God. Has that ever struck you guys as a little odd? A little strange. I looked it up. There's 29 mentions of Jesus praying. Um, and, and one thing i got to stop real quick here. I look over at Philip. Philip, I want you to know how cool it is to remember how little you were when I met you. And now to see this young man sitting over here just participating with the rest of us, kind of moves my mind a little bit. So I'm really glad you're here today. Um, back to this. 29 mentions of Jesus praying that I, could, uh, that I found. And so the question is, why is he talking to himself? Um, and then are there other disciplines? Are there other things? Yeah, there's a lot of things we call spiritual disciplines. The three that... Uh, Megan talked about primarily our studying, fasting, worshiping, singing. These are things that, that are mentioned in the Bible. But I have to tell you that something about listening to her talk about this, it just impacted me. It made me start thinking, like over the last two, uh, year and a half since we got into COVID, what an ideal time for me to be exercising these spiritual disciplines. And yet, I think if anything, I probably took a step backwards a little bit. I'm probably not doing as well as I once did. Um, so then I want to go, walking on down this list, talking about Jesus. Um, well, well, let's first talk about that, that row that says studying, fasting, fasting, worshiping, singing. I did do a little bit of digging. You may want to do that yourself to see if it does appear as though Jesus did all of those. Um, she claims he did. And with just a little bit of looking, I think he likely did too. Um, but then the next row says, but did he do supernatural things? So do you think Jesus did supernatural things while he was here? Things that maybe we don't have the ability to do. You can, it's time you can talk. Anybody think of an example where you feel like he did something that was beyond what we do? Yes. Walked on water, and I'm just barely hearing you. I could crank my hearing aids up a bit. Um, like when he created fish for all the Yeah, people. fish story, yeah. <clears throat> Maybe they were sardines, tiny little fish. And so. <laughs> um, anybody else? Crying water to wine. Water to wine. What a great thing. Yeah, a few people were dead, right? Came back to life. 
healed some people, those types of things. Um, one that was brought to my attention was the reminder of the woman at the well that he knew about her history there, okay? Um, so how did he do this? Well, I, I'm kind of like, well, he's God, right? He, he's God. Okay, but if he's God, why is he praying? Like, isn't that weird? Like, why would you pray if you are God? Like, that's really confusing, and for me, for years, you can see at the end there, I said, I said, well, he's like us and he's like God. Like I, I would just kind of like skate my way through it and sort of say, he's us and God. Um, but Megan brought up, she said, well, how did early Christians see these miracles or how did early Christians see him? So let's jump over to Philippians 2 and see what it says in Philippians 2. Philippians 2 says, I'm sorry, I missed the verse. Do, 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 do. Philippians 2, 6, 7. I can do this. There we go. Philippians 2, 6, and 7. Uh, let, let's start at 5. In your relationships with one another, ha and by the way, Philippians, so this is something written probably by Paul or Paul, and um, I think in this case maybe Timothy. Um, but anyways, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Okay, so he's anchoring this back into Christ, just like we're talking about here. Uh, verse 6 says, "Who Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So Megan's point was, they likely did not see him as supernatural. They saw him as a human that really did it well, like he really got it, okay? And um, I like this quote uh, straight uh, from the talk where Megan said, if you're going to teach people how to be human, and by that she's meaning how to be a righteous human, maybe you should say, or, or, or to do humanity in the right way, something like that. If you're going to teach people to be a human, you have to be playing with the same equipment. And so she's making a pretty good argument that in her mind, we shouldn't think about Christ as being like, sometimes like God, sometimes like us. We should think about the point of him being here was to be us, and we should be using every bit of that um, to apply to ourselves and not just assume that, well, Christ could do things that we couldn't do because there is some data, there's some evidence out there that would say that it was more than that. Okay, so then how did Jesus do what he did? So for the first 30 years of his life, after we get the history of his birth, we know almost nothing. In fact, I think the only thing we know is the time he spent in the... In the um, uh, uh, with the, uh, what should I say, the priests, and studying. And so we, we know that he studies, so that's one of the disciplines. And so um, there's at least a, a decent chance that he was spending a fair amount of time studying during that time. At age 30, it all starts with his baptism. So when we actually start talking about his story, it's interesting because at his baptism, if you remember, there were indications of a connection to God by this, this dove coming down. And so you start right off at the very beginning with this baptism and this connection. This dove descends, uh, descending opens the beginning of Jesus's human connection to God. Okay, and so then, we won't go there, but in Mark chapter 9, some other things about how Jesus did things. 
the disciples are trying very hard to heal a boy who has this terrible evil spirit in him, and they're not able to do it. And Jesus steps in, and he heals the boy straight away, and the disciples basically are saying to him, um, and, and, and the perspective I took on this when I was reading, I thought, okay, let me just assume the disciples do indeed see him as human. They see him as very holy, but human. And the disciples wanted to know how he did this. How was he able to do this? And Jesus replies, this kind, the kind of spirit, he's talking about this kind of spirit, you could say, can come out only by prayer. And so it's interesting, I never really put this together, that it all goes back to a spiritual discipline. It's not that you can only get this spirit out if you're a super Christian. You can only get this spirit out if you're the God-man, uh, Christ Jesus. Um, but no, he says, says that this can come out through prayer. This can come out through this connection with God. Um, okay, so let's go next. So how did Jesus live his life? Um, so let's go into to, uh, John chapter 5. Um, and it says, Jesus gave them this answer, Verily, truly, very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. I just kind of stop, and it's like, wait a minute. I have, I have read that I don't know how many times, and it never struck me that Jesus was lowering himself that way to the point that he's saying, even though I'm Jesus Christ, I'm God's Son, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. And so you can see Jesus making this amazing connection, even as Jesus, even as that guy walking the earth, that it's not done by himself. It's done through a connection. Uh, next there in John 12, it says, For I did not speak on my own, but the father who sent me commanded me to say, all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. I don't know. I don't know why that's impacting me so much. I think it has something to do with the last year and a half. But it was just this kind of reawakening that I try so hard to do everything on my own. And I try to do my own you know, COVID research and try to understand what's going on there. And I'm, I'm always just trying to do all this on my own. And I'm spending such a significant amount of time each day thinking and doing. And then at the end of that day, I look back on the day and I think to myself, how much time did I spend today like connecting with God? You know, study, worship, prayer. Like how much time did I really spend recognizing that the best way to live is to not live on my own, but live with that connection, exactly what Jesus did. Because in my head, I'm always like, well, Jesus was a good guy, so I'm going to be a good guy. And it's like, that's not what it actually says. It says Jesus connected with God and basically let God do his thing through Jesus. I don't know. Are you guys kind of getting me? Are you guys about ready to fall asleep? So, okay. All right. Okay, and I think this might be my last slide, so we, we may we'll wrap up a little early. We might chat just a second. Um, so what do we need to do? What do we need to do? If we are going to represent God, 
we need to know what that means. And I wrote there that, which is hard in a noisy world. Um, how much time do I spend making sure I know what it's, it's like to represent God? How much time do I truly spend studying? Hey, it's not enough, I don't think. I, I don't, if I'm just being real, real uh, honest with myself and with you guys, you know, Jill and I read together some, and, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, which, you know, I think that's, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Um, but do, how often do I really dig? In fact, I think preparing for this talk this morning is the most I've studied since the last time I prepared to talk. You know, it's like one of the great things about teaching occasionally is it fo causes you to really step back and focus a bit. Um, so how are we going to represent God? I mean, if we are going to represent God, we need to know what that even means. What does it mean to represent God? And we can only do that through study. Number two, for God to consistently work through us, we must be consistently aligned with God. Uh, Megan, I say Ho's example, Megan had this example. She, she was saying how the way she looks at it is like a garden hose. And she said, you spread out a garden hose to water your flowers or whatever around your house. You turn on the uh, spigot and um, go to the end of the hose and you realize nothing's happening. There's nothing happening. And, and she said, you start going back to the hose and all of a sudden you just find a little kink in the hose. And, and she said, it's amazing how such a little simple kink, just one little kink in the hose can completely shut that down. And so she was saying... Um, our connection to God, this alignment that Jesus has, you know, Jesus was just constantly realigning, constantly um, praying to God. Um, she's like, what, what is the kink in the hose that's keeping that from happening? And should we figure out a way to unkink that hose? Because she's like, boy, as soon as you unkink it, boy, the water flows. Like, it, it goes for it. But she's like, it's amazing how it goes from nothing to a lot of water uh, just by unkinking the hose. Um, third there... And uh, I think this is a biggie, is she talks about, because uh, all three of these were straight from Megan's talk. Um, she said, we need to be prepared for temptation, prayer, fasting, reading of scripture, worshiping. These all kept Jesus from being Satan's minion. And I was like, when she said this, I was like, What? But you go back and you look at the very beginning of his, when he's out in the, the desert, wherever it is, the 40 days out in the desert time, when Satan was tempting him, um, it, was, uh, it was, Jesus was well prepared and he prayed in order to avoid that temptation. He was very human. And that was at the very beginning. And at the very end, when he was uh, just before his crucifixion, there was more temptation at the same time. And Jesus' go-to there was to uh, pray and possibly even do some singing uh, or worshiping uh, of God at that very time. Um, and so it's like, what do we need to do? Well, we need to make sure that we're re ready to represent God, so we need to do a little studying. We need to um, be consistently aligned with God. So go around and look for these areas where the hose is kinked. You know, what, what in our life is keeping us from aligning with God? I'm, trying to think of like examples for me, but it's almost anything. It's amazing what I can do to just kind of like uh, kind of mess things up. Um, there's a, a an iPhone game called Mahjong, and, it, and I've been messing around with it a little bit. You ever play Mahjong? Okay. Um, 
But anyways, it's it's a simple little matching card game. You're uncovering these these, these mahjong tile and trying to uncover all of them, kind of a thing. And I was thinking about how I could sit there and play that for like an hour, and it's fun and it's nice. But it's like you know, it's, it's like once in a while, okay. But you know, I, I probably over the past uh, three or four days played a lot more mahjong than I did uh, spending time aligning with God. So um, last point there. John 16, uh, Jesus says, uh, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, and by the advocate he's meaning the Holy Spirit, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And to me, this is, the Holy Spirit discussions are really confusing, and, and I don't want to ever pretend that I've got the Holy Spirit figured out. But what I do believe is the idea of the Holy Spirit is all about allowing us to have a connection to God, feel like we have this connection to God because God can feel so distant. He can feel like he's way far away. And the idea is that there's a part of God that we can have with us all the time that can help us to stay aligned. So uh, I did have one more slide. So how does this work? Um, In John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Think that through. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I'll put an important note there. The vine branch connections are not a let's connect when it's convenient thing. It's a life-death thing. The reason I wrote that is, can you guys think of times in your life when... You turn off the God spigot, sense, and you go off and you do some event, something, spend some time, and you're like, you know when you're doing whatever it is you're doing, it's not a God time. It's not you and God grafted together doing this thing. This is the time for you to do your thing separate from God, and you want to go off and do that. I think I operate that way. I, I have times that I go off and I do my thing, and if you were to ask me, how is God working through that? How, how am I a branch slash vine connected to God? Um, I don't think you could, it'd be hard to make sense out of that. Um, and so we, it's like we try to turn it on and off, but, but that's not how vines and branches work. You know, vines and branches are connected. And when you cut it once, there's no putting it back together. You know, it's not healthy. That's, that's the way it works. Um, and it's something I think we really need to think through. All right, the third point there, Satan is looking for cut branches. He's looking for momentary separation from God, looking for an opportunity to make something bad look good. Because the reason I cut the branch and the reason I go off and do whatever it is that I'm doing is because I want to. <laughs> you know? I mean, can, can you guys think of any, you don't have to share them, but can you think of examples that I'm talking about where there's just something you want to do? How about you, Jill? There's just something you want to do, and and you're going to do that regardless. You're just going to do that regardless. And I think 
when we start making sure that we're connecting, that it's not just this rule. It's not, it's not God just putting some burden on us to take our fun away, but that when we cut those branches, it opens up an opportunity for other dark things to happen. So there, we may go do something, and it may be fun at the time, but it may also just be the opening of the door for something on down the road uh, to, to be much worse. And so then I wrote there at the end, uh, spirit, because sometimes when you say spiritual disciplines, I don't think we're catching that that's like the Holy Spirit in spiritual disciplines. It's all connected together. So spiritual disciplines are the key to continual happiness. I think if you don't really believe that, and, and I think it's it might be, um, I think if, if, if we were being really transparent with each other, we might not all agree to that line. Um, I think there's a pretty good evidence that God uh, has had people write down stories to say that that is the way God sees it. That these connections, the, this this connection to God, these spiritual disciplines, the praying, the uh, studying, um, what were the others I said? I Pray, fast, study. And by the way, fast doesn't just have to be true. Um, pray, fast, study, and there was one more? Worship. Worship. Thank you. And, and there were others. Um, but anyways, um, but if you're not able to really believe that, that those are the key continual happiness um, or optimal happiness or righteous happiness or whatever, um, you know, it's, it's something you should spend time praying about and see whether or not, um, you know, there's a connection there that you need to make. So any thoughts on that? I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Any thoughts or questions? Man, you guys are a quiet bunch. I before today I didn't um, I didn't put the two together like this I and the vine you are the branches apart from me you can do nothing I never made that connection apart from me you can do nothing with apart from or the son can do nothing without the father so okay. hopefully it's helpful anybody else. Right. Well, how about we practice one of those disciplines, praying, and I will pray and close us out, and, uh, and then we can go rescue the kiddos. So Let's pray. God, God, I appreciate um, the kind of nudge that you gave me when I listened to Megan's talk, and I appreciate um, that one of the joys of the world we live in today is that people that uh, we've never seen or ever been around, we can learn things from. I really appreciate that. Um, God, as a family here and as a community, help us, um, if we think about the vine and branches, God, help us, to, help us to look like healthy vines, healthy branches that connect right back to you and help in our lives, regardless of what we're doing, that we can see that healthy branch and that it's growing through everything we're doing. And uh, we're able to love you first and then love the world around us as a result of that. And uh, help us uh, to walk away today, maybe finding something, hearing something that's kind of opened our eyes a bit. Made us want to be closer to you and help us this week to go out and uh, show that love to the world and hopefully uh, help other people in the world that maybe, um, maybe life's not so nice. Uh, help them to uh, see a path to see a way uh, to have a, a better life and a life close to you. God is through Christ we pray. Amen. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody.